Great crowds were traveling with Jesus, and he turned to address them. If anyone comes to me without hating his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Which of you wishing to construct a tower does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see if there is enough for its completion? Otherwise, after laying the foundation and finding himself unable to finish the work, the onlookers should laugh at him and say, this one began to build but did not have the resources to finish. Or what king, marching into battle, would not first sit down and decide whether with 10,000 troops he can successfully oppose another king advancing upon him with 20,000 troops? But if not, while he is still far away, he will send a delegation to ask for peace terms. In the same way, any one of you who does not renounce all his possessions cannot be my disciple. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Good morning, everyone. Today's uh, gospel reading is a difficult one to hear, isn't it? Uh, Jesus says, unless you hate your father and mother, children, brother and sister, and even your own life cannot be my disciple. It's so striking to hear that, that it, it's almost certain that Jesus must have said it. Uh, because what person would put those words into our Lord's uh, mouth? And so, uh, from many scripture scholars that I have, have read as I uh, looked at these readings, they all say it's so striking that he said it, that he must have been Jesus who said it. And it seems to go against other things that we've heard in the Bible, or even things that we've heard Jesus himself say. What about the Ten Commandments that says, honor your mother and father. So how could Jesus say, unless you hate mother and father? Or Jesus says, if a man says that he loves God but hates his brother, then he's a liar. Or when Jesus says, you must love even your enemy. So then how could Jesus say that you have to hate those people in our lives who we indeed love the most? Um, and so this is the gospel reading that we have today. And the context is, of course, we see all these people choosing to follow Jesus. And not only to follow Jesus, but in following him, consider themselves to be his disciple. And so he's got this vast crowd of people following him. And he's thinking uh, these people don't understand what it means to be a true disciple. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be very difficult. Somebody once said that one of the worst things that somebody could ever do to Christianity is try to tell people that it's easy, that you don't have to work hard at being a Christian, that it's somehow easy 
and they might enthusiastically become a Christian only to become disillusioned. Uh, so Jesus gives the parable of how many seeds fall on uh, the ground and sprout quickly, but with lack of roots, it withers and dries up. So this vast crowd is following Jesus, and he turns around, and he says, which person would not count the cost of discipleship? What does this mean, and can I really do it? And so he wants them to go into this with eyes wide open and understand what it means to be his disciple. They were probably thinking that Jesus was going to be an emperor and was going to somehow bring a heavenly army and Israel was going to enter into some golden era. And rather, Jesus prepares them for suffering. And so, um, when Jesus uses the words uh, hate, uh, we shouldn't get too bent out of shape because it's not unlike uh, Jewish literature to overemphasize in order to exaggerate a point. And we do this ourselves sometimes, you know. I was uh, born in the 70s, so growing up in the 80s, we used a lot of, of, of crazy verbiage that we didn't mean. Like in my family, I had two older brothers and two younger sisters. Whenever somebody made us mad, we would say, I'm going to kill you. And everybody was going to kill everybody else, but nobody got hurt, all right? Um, but we use words like that um, to make a point. And certainly when Jesus says that you must hate your father and mother, uh, what he indeed means is that nothing should be more precious to us than our relationship with, with God. And so sometimes that means having a distaste for anything that would pull you away from God. A friend of mine, uh, Father Carlos Gomez, maybe some of you know him, he's, over, he's a pastor over at St. Augustine Parish. Um, I met him in the seminary, and he was actually a medical doctor. And he was running a successful um, uh, uh, career when he was living in Mexico when he felt the Lord calling him to become a priest. And I asked him, I said, was that easy for you to, to you know, to, you went to school for years. You went not only to college, but to medical school. And he said, you know what, brother? He always calls me brother. You know what, brother? I'd take my, my medical degree and I'll flush it down the toilet if it means comparing it to becoming a priest. And so, in other words, he said, I hate being a doctor if it meant that I couldn't become a priest. And sometimes our family, who should be the ones that are more, more supportive of us to help us get into heaven, sometimes we find ourselves in a situation where we have to choose between truth or doing what our family members want us to do. And in doing so, they may set us up to have to choose between them and God. I myself was put in that situation when my sister uh, left the church and then asked me to do a church wedding for her. And I said, are you going to start going back to church? And she said, no. I said, well, then you're just asking me to put on a show that's not real. Uh, so I had to refuse. Uh, and it's hard for me to do that, um, but it, it would have been a lie to do a church wedding when she, in fact, didn't want God to be part of their marriage. And we, many families find themselves in those situations all the time 
where we find ourselves having to choose between doing something that our family members want us to do and allegiance to God that comes first. And so Jesus' words are simply that, that there's nothing more important than our loyalty and our love for God first. It's fine that we love our families. We, sh we, we should never be put in a situation where we're called to, to hate something. Uh, but if, if it does come to it, our allegiance is to God first. God sometimes tests our faith. He wants to know, do you really love me? Not just will you follow me when things are good, but sometimes God wants to put us to the test and, you know, we pray that we might not be put to, to the test, but uh, what about Father Abraham? And God said, I'm not sure if you really love me. Maybe you love these things in the world more than you love me. Prove your love for me. And Father Abraham said, well, how can I prove my love for you? I love you more than anything in this world. And God said to Father Abraham, then take your son Isaac up on the mountain and sacrifice him. And he was torn about this, but he indeed followed through. And the moment before his hand came down with the knife, God sent an angel to hold his hand to keep him from harming his son. And God said, finally, I know for sure that your heart is undivided, that you love me above everything in life. And so this is something that all the disciples of Jesus uh, must have, and it makes sense. What person could say, I'm a disciple of Jesus, but I'll do things for other, my family that goes against things that he taught? It wouldn't make any sense for us not to put God first in everything. There's also an element of what Jesus is saying to suffering and the, and the necessity for his disciples to suffer. And people who think that Christianity will be easy should start off with this gospel, right? Where Jesus says, everyone who's going to be a disciple of mine must every day pick up his cross and follow me. And so we're called to, to suffer, and our suffering is a testimony. It gives witness to a truth. One of the things I think that makes Christianity so compelling, that it's truth, is that every one of the disciples, except for John, suffered martyrdom. They suffered in order to tell people that Jesus was real, that Jesus is truly God, that he rose from the dead. In order for the disciples to proclaim that message, they had to be willing to die. And every one of them, except for John, who was exiled, maybe a fate worse than death, was sent to Patmos. And so the fact that Jesus' closest friends, his disciples, were willing to die to tell people about him, is a, it, it gives credibility that you could at least say, you know what, this person believes what he's saying. He could save his life and have a very comfortable life, but he chooses to suffer in order to tell me that this is the truth. And so that's why I think Christianity is so compelling. And St. John Paul II, he wrote in an encyclical about the missionary work of the church. He said that in order for us to be successful um, in, in missionary work, we have to be willing to suffer. Because who's going to believe us if we come to people out of a place of comfort and luxury? 
But it's when we're willing to suffer for what we believe that people begin to say he or she believes what they say. How many of you ever heard of a priest named Father Damien of Molokai? This was a priest who was asked if he would consider building a church near, uh, in one of the islands of Hawaii, build a church there among a, a leper colony. There's nobody on the island who's normal. Everyone has leprosy, and probably you're going to get leprosy. And he chose to go, the willingness to get leprosy himself in order to bring the sacraments to so many lepers who were dropped off in this island. So many people were afraid to go to the island, they would just drop supplies off on the beach and leave. They didn't want to get leprosy. And this priest chose to go. If, I don't know about you, but if somebody is willing to do that, you have to at least say that person believes in what they're teaching. That person believes it because he's willing to get leprosy. He's willing to die for it. And so St. John Paul II says, in order to do missionary work successfully, we have to show people that our faith isn't just following Jesus in happy times, but that we're willing to suffer for it. And so that's why Jesus says, unless you're willing to pick up your cross daily and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. You can't give witness to me. And so we do that in different ways. We do that by putting God first, even when it's inconvenient or difficult. How many of you uh, realize that the church has never stopped asking of us to abstain from meat on Friday as a little sign of our willingness to suffer for what we believe in? Uh, now, it is true that the church allows us to eat meat on Friday, but then we're supposed to do some other penitential act and so it becomes an opportunity then, if you do it correctly, to evangelize or to be a witness. Somebody says, why can't you eat meat on Friday? Because my love for Jesus. You know, the Pharisees complained that Jesus' disciples weren't suffering. They said, hey, the disciples of John the Baptist, they fast. How come your disciples aren't fasting? They're not offering any suffering. And Jesus said, what? How can they fast when the bridegroom is with them? But there will come a day when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and on that day they will suffer for me. They will fast. And what day is, is that? Friday, when Jesus died on the cross. And so by doing something like that on Friday, we give an opportunity to, to suffer even a little bit, to give a witness. And so when your friends say, well, why can't you have meat? You can talk about, well, Jesus gave his flesh on the cross, and so just out of respect on Friday, I'll, I choose not to. Or if, you, if that's uh, not something that works for you, you do some other penitential act, and when people ask you about it, it gives you an opportunity to, to say why you're doing that, why you believe in it. And so every one of us is called to be a, a witness, but we have to realize, as Jesus says, what person would choose to be my disciple without counting the cost, like building the tower or going to war against the king who had a much larger army than ourselves. And so being a Christian isn't something that's always easy, but there's one thing that brings us great comfort, and that is, is that in the midst of how we are called to suffer for the truth, Jesus promised always to be with us and that we would never be alone in what we do. 
And no matter how much uh, we suffer here on earth, it's incomparable to the, the joy and the glory that we'll experience um, in heaven. And so I pray today as we hear these words that were spoken so long ago that seem so stark and hard for us to hear, that we would hear in Jesus' words uh, him urging each of us to put nothing above our loyalty and faithfulness to God and that we would even be willing to suffer for the truth in order to be a witness to it. Amen.